Now, this week we read Parshas Kairach. We're all aware that Kairach was not the greatest of tzaddikim. Uh, Kairach caused a lot of friction, and he and his people, they were swallowed by the ground, etc. However, from Kairach, both his children, who did teshuva, and many he has many righteous descendants. And in fact, some of our greatest leaders are descendants of Kairach, because Kairach had tremendous potential. He was actually a great man who went astray. Now, talking about uh, the righteous descendants of Kairach, first of all, we're going to start with Kairach's three sons. Asir, Elkanah, and Aviyosaf are the three sons of Kairach. Now, they were not righteous the whole way. They were actually totally involved with Kairach with all the troublemaking. However, the last minute, they did Teshuvah. And because of that, we're soon going to see, uh, we're soon going to get a whole lot of details on the sons of Kairach that they went to. There's a Rashi that the sons of Kairach went to a Mokim Gavayha Begehenim for 39 years, actually. I'm going to go to that Rashi right now and we'll come back to it uh, just to get to the Rashi right away about the Bnei Kairach. Rashi, this is the Pasukim Parsha Pinchas. And the sons of Kairach, the three sons of Kairach did not die. So Rashi says, They were involved in the whole plan from the beginning. Kairach's children were involved in the whole plan of Kairach's rebellion. At the time of the friction, they had thoughts of Teshuvah. Now publicly, as far as everyone was concerned, they were the big supporters of Kairach. They were instigators. But at the last moment, they had a thought of Teshuvah. Now, they never verbalized this thought of Teshuvah, which was a big problem. There's a Rambam that brings that if somebody does Teshuvah, even a secret Teshuvah, Hashem accepts the secret Teshuvah. And uh, so Kairach's children, their Teshuvah is accepted. But at the same time, they were involved in all the problems. And as far as everybody knew, they didn't do Teshuvah. They had a high platform in Gehenim in hell. And they sat there. And we're going to see later that they were 39 years in Gehenim. And then they reappeared 39 years later. And then they became great Bali Teshuvah. And we have much of Tehillim we're soon going to discuss, written by the Bnei Kairach. Okay. But we're going to go back to where we were. So now, the righteous descendants of Kairach. First of all, you have the three sons of Kairach, Asir, Elkanah, and Aviyosaf, who did Teshuvah the last minute. And again, they were in a high place in Gehenim for 39 years, and then they returned to this world. And there's a big sections of Tehillim that are written by the Bnei Kairach. We actually read sections from Bnei Kairach. Every Monday in the Shir Shalyayim, we read Tehillim Memches 48, Livnei Kairach Mizmer Shir, um, Shir Mizmer Livnei Kairach, every Monday for Shir Shalyayim. Before benching on Shabbos, Yom Tif, today is Rish Chaydish. If anybody had a meal with bread today, before benching, you read Tehillim, Pei Zion 87, Livnei Kairach Mizmer Shir, Yisudasai Baharadei Kaidish. It's foundation on the holiest of mountains. This is the only one of the 150 chapters of Tehillim, which we say, 
which is a chapter of the Meikairach. Now, if Rosh Hashanah in Shul, we recite to him in 47, which is again written by Meikairach, right before we hear Tekiyas, which is the highest moment of the year, we have which we say seven times on both days of Rosh Hashanah, right before the blowing of the shaykh. So talking about Kairach's righteous descendants, we have the three sons of Kairach who did Teshuvah. Later, we have amazing tzaddikim who come from Kairach. We have Elkanah, who's the father of Shmuel Hanavi. He himself was a Navi, and generally it says, whenever a Navi is mentioned with his father and grandfather and great-grandfather, they're all tzaddikim. So Elkanah ben Yeraycham ben Eliyu ben Taif, who are all four tzaddikim. Elkanah's son Shmuel Hanavi, who was the greatest of all the Nevi'im. Shmuel Hanavi is mentioned as equal to Moshe and Aaron. <clears throat> we say every Friday night, Moshe v'Aaron b'chayanov, o Shmuel b'kayre shemai. There is a Gemara in Rosh Hashanah that speaks about the three greatest leaders and the three lowest leaders and the three greatest leaders the Jewish people had are Moshe, Aaron, and Shmuel. Shmuel being a descendant of Kairach. We have Shmuel's son, Yael, who's known as Yael ben Pesuel. Rashi says, why is he called ben Pesuel? Ben Shmuel Hanavi. He's the son of the prophet Shmuel Shepita Lokel Bitfilosai. Shmuel Hanavi, who convinced Hashem with his davening, and his son is known as Yael ben Pesuel. His son is actually initially, <clears throat> he had a slight setback. Um, it says in Tanakh, it mentions about the sons of Shmuel Sin. The Gemara says they didn't actually sin, but they were a bit, uh, they were having had, an, Shmuel was very dedicated, traveled throughout Israel, never took a cent from anyone, but his sons set up office where they charged for things. And later they, and the people were a bit disappointed in the sons of Shmuel. And later this Yael does amazing teshuva, which is why in Igeras HaTshuva, the Alter Rebbe quotes for how do we learn the details of teshuva, and the Rebbe writes, why does the Alter Rebbe specifically quote Yael? Because Yael ben Pesuel was a great Balchuva, even though he didn't actually sin, but he still was a bit into money initially, and later he did uh, tremendous Shuva, a grandson of Shmuel Hanavi, Haman Hamishoyer, who was leading the singing in the Beis Hamikdash, and he had 14 sons, Haman Hamishoyer, and 14 of his sons all had Ruach HaKadosh. When they put, when David HaMelech together with Shmuel HaNavi divided the Levium into 24 families for the singing in the Beis HaMikdosh, and a Levi was put in charge of each singing group. So the 14 sons of Haman HaMashoyder were in charge of 14 of the 24 groups of Levium, even though they're all 14 brothers, which is quite amazing. I don't think there's any other person in Tanakh other than Haman Hamishayder who has 14 sons who are all tzaddikim, all with Ruach HaKadosh, all with divine inspiration. Now, and these are all amazing descendants of Kairach. We will soon see, this week as Gimel Tamas, we'll soon see a sikh of the Rebbe of some positive things in Kairach, which causes Kairach, despite his failings, to have had great descendants. Now, 
Um, this idea of Kairach having great descendants is mentioned in Arashi in Parshas Vayechi. In Parshas Vayechi, when Yaakov gives his last instructions to his children, he gives them blessings, he gives them rebuke. He's talking to Shimon and Levi and he says, Besoidom al nafshi. In their plot, my soul should not enter. In their congregation, my honor should not be joined. Because with their anger, they killed a man. And with their will, they destroyed an ox. They lamed an ox. Anyway, I only want to focus on one part of that passage, which is Yaakov says, In their congregation, I don't want my glory united. Rashi says, when Kairach, who is from the tribe of Levi, will gather the Jewish people against Moshe and Aaron. So Yaakov says, I don't want my name there with them. As it says, Kairach ben Yitzhar ben Kohos ben Levi, it doesn't say ben Yaakov. So Yaakov does not want to be associated with Kairach when he's mentioned negatively. However, Rashi brings, when Kairach is mentioned in the positive, in Divrei Hayomim, when we speak about the Bnei Kairach, that 14 of the descendants of Kairach, the 14 sons of the of Hamon HaMashayra lead the Levium in song. Over there it says, Ben Kairach, Ben Yitzar, Ben Kos, Ben Levi, Ben Yisrael. Yaakov says, when Kairach's family does good things, I do want to be involved. There is an amazing Rashi in Parshas Kairach who says that Kairach himself saw through divine inspiration that he was going to have many amazing descendants. And that is why Kairach decided to challenge Moshe Rabbeinu. And when they went to 250 people who made the Ketoidus, Moshe says, you know, you gotta be a bit crazy to do this because 250 people are bringing the Ketoidus. One is gonna be accepted and the other 250 are gonna die. So it's not a good idea. So Rashi asks, the Kairach Shepikeach Oya. Kairach was a brilliant man. What motivated him to such a stupidity to make Ketoidus? And 250 people are making Ketoidus, 250 of his men, plus himself, plus Aaron, 252. So, and he only one is going to survive. So why did he do such a stupid thing, Rashi asks. And Rashi says, His eye misled him. Kairach saw a big chain coming from him which is also an amazing thing that Kairach had Ruach HaKadosh because Kairach had actually been a very righteous person. It actually mentions that Kairach was Minois Eihoorin. The Levim had different jobs and Kairach was one of those Levim who were carrying the holy Orin with the Luchais. And Kairach saw Beruach HaKadosh that a great chain of tzaddikim will come from him, including Shmuel Hanavi, Sheshokul Keneged Meishev Aaron who was equal to Meish and Aaron. So Kairach said, if I have descendants who are going to be such amazing, great tzaddikim, because of him, I will be saved. His descendants, all 24 families of Levim, will all be led by Kairach's descendants. They will all give prophecy through Ruach HaKadosh. Shenemar kol eile bonim lehemon, this Hamon HaMashoyder, who we mentioned before, he wrote to Hillim Peches 88. And it says, 
it mentions in Melachim the names of the 14 sons of Haman HaMashoyer, all descendants of Kairach, 14 brothers who all have Ruach HaKadosh and all have prophecy. Omar, so Kairach says, Efshar kong hagedula hazais asida lamoid me many. If such greatness is destined to come from me, bani edoim, and I'm going to perish for sure, I'll survive. That's why he went and got involved. heard from that everybody who makes this katitis will perish. There will be only one survivor, as Meisha says. Hashem Hashem is going to choose one person. He will be the holy one, and all the others will perish. So why did Kairach do such a stupid thing? Kairach assumed that he would be the sole survivor. Because if his children perish with him, they're all with him, then how could he have descendants like Shmuel Hanavi? He didn't see things correct. Yes, Kairach's sons were involved with him in all the friction, but Kairach's sons did Teshuvah the last minute. Meisha saw that Kairach's sons would do Teshuvah the last minute. There's actually an amazing medrash as to why Kairach's sons merited to do teshuva. There was, the medrash is going to mention an incident that Moshe Rabbeinu once walked into the room and Kairach's sons had a dilemma. Should they stand up in honor of Moshe Rabbeinu or not? Because if they stand up, it's dishonoring their father who's in opposition to Moshe Rabbeinu. If they don't stand up, it's disrespectful to Moshe Rabbeinu. They decided that despite the friction they're in, they stood up for Moshe Rabbeinu. And this standing up for Moshe Rabbeinu, even when they were fighting him, this helped them merit to do teshuva. Now, there's the famous Mason. The sons of Kairach did not die. They were right into the friction, leaders of the friction, and they did not die. Amazing. And there's an amazing sikh of the Rebbe on this, which I want to mention that this Shabbos is Gimel Tammuz, the Rebbe's yard site, 28 years since uh, 1994 when the Rebbe passed away. Anyway, this Pasuk, El B'nei Kairach Le'Mesu, was found in Parshas Pinchas. Over there it says, Reuven B'chayri Yisrael, Reuven was the oldest of Yaakov's children, and he has four families, Hanech Mishpachas HaChanechi, Mephalu Mishpachas HaPalui, Chetzrei Mishpachas HaChetzreini, from Karmi, and these are the families of Reuven, and they have uh, uh, 43,730 people. Then Reuven's son, Paolo, has a son, Eliyav. B'nai Eliyav, Eliyav, who's a grandson of Reuven, has three sons, Nemuel, Dosan, and Aviram, who Dosan, Vaviram, Kriyayayayda. This is the famous Dosan, Aviram, who were called by the congregation, Asher Hitzu al-Meshev al-Arin, who provoked people against Meshev al-Arin in Adas Kairach, in the congregation of Kairach, Vahatsaisam al-Hashem, when they fought Hashem, and the mouth opened its, and the earth opened its mouth. And it swallowed them, and swallowed as the congregation died. When the fire consumed the 250 people, and they became a sign for everyone, an amazing miracle, the perishing of the 250 people who were perished by fire, those who were swallowed in the ground. And then the Pasuk continues, the sons of Kairach did not die. 
Rashi, which I quoted earlier, says that they were involved in the friction from the beginning. At the time of the friction, they had thoughts of teshuva. Therefore, they got a high platform in Gehenim, where they sat there for some 39 years. The Rebbe has a few questions on this. Number one, if it's a Pasuk about the B'nai Kairach, this week we're reading Parshas Kairach. Yet the B'nai Kairach Le Mesu is not read this week and not read next week. We have Kairach, Chukas, Bolot, Pinchas. In three weeks, we're going to read B'nai Kairach Le Mesu. Also, Kairach is from which Shevet? Kairach is from the tribe of Levi. So why is B'nai Kairach Le Mesu mentioned with the tribe of Reuven, not with the tribe of Levi? Also, from even though it's only three parshas, parshas Kairach is the beginning of the 40 years, the second year. Parshas Pinchas is the end of the 40 years, 39 years later. So why do we wait 39 years later to find out that they are alive? Based on this, the Rebbe explains the Rashi, that what? That Rashi has this question. This is what's bothering Rashi. Why is this B'nai Kairach Meisu mentioned in Parsha Pinchas? Why at the end of the 39 years? Why together with uh, Dosan and Avidam, the tribe of Reuven? So Rashi says, they are next, the way the Rebbe explains this Rashi, they are next to the tribe of Reuven, next to Dosan and Avidam, because they were involved in the plot from the very beginning. At the time of the friction, they had thoughts of Teshuvah. Therefore, they had a high platform in Gehenim. The Yashvu Shaman, they sat there. A Gemara in Sanhedrin, Rashi quotes it from. Just to mention, the punishment of the B'nai Kairach is they caused hundreds and thousands of people to sin. So they're in the Gehenim in hell on a, a, as spectators, watching the suffering of these hundreds and thousands of people who they caused such suffering but they themselves had a thought of Teshuvah. There's an amazing medrash in Yalkut Shemaini. He says, Meisha went to the doors of Dosan Aviram, pleading with them to get out of the friction. Meisha merited to save four righteous people. Because in any case, in this friction, the people involved were basically from good people, except they got involved in friction. And Meisha merited to save four people, which is the three sons of Kairach and Ein ben Pelas. What was the schust of the, what was the merit of the sons of Kairach? Because when they were sitting by Kairach, their father, and Meisha walked in, and they put their faces to the ground, they said, should we stand up for Meisha or not? If we stand up for Meisha, we're insulting our father. And there's a mitzvah to honor your father and mother. If we don't stand up for Meisha, we're going against a Pasuk, when they save a Tokum, stand up for an old man, stand up for a teacher, stand up for a rabbi. It's better that we do stand up, even though it'll insult our father. At that moment, they felt this thought of Teshuva, and about them it says, Dover HaMelech mentions in this Tilim Mem, hey, Rochash Libi Dover Taib. My heart suddenly felt something good because the three sons of Kairach, Asir, Kana, and Aviyasa, stood up in the honor of Meish Rabbeinu. That's why their hearts got thoughts of Teshuvah. Tehillim Memhei 45, an amazing chapter of Tehillim 
There are many chapters of Tehillim about and by the sons of Kairach. This one specifically is connected to roses. A psalm about roses for the Bnei Kairach. Maskil Shir Yedidus, a song of good friends. What's this all about? The roses and the good friends. So the Medrash Sheikhar Taiv, which is the famous, also known as Medrash Tehillim, says, What's going on here? Good friends, roses. So he brings a Pasuk in Shirashirim, My beloved went went into his garden. This is the Bnei Kairach. And you didn't recognize them because the roses are mixed with all the thorns. The roses grow in thorn bushes. And whoever saw the sons of Kairach, they said, they are thorns because they were together with the thorns. And what should we do with the thorns? Burn them in the fire, as it says. The thorns should be burned in fire. Or there's another Pasuk. Fire comes out and it hits the thorns. So they should be burned with fire. And there was a fire that came that consumed Kairach's whole gang. It says, the fire consumed the 250 people who made the Ketairis. But the Bnei Kairach, they are the roses amongst the thorns. They are the Shreshanim. They are roses with a beautiful smell mixed with the thorns. So before they burned the thorn bush, they took the roses out. They shouldn't get burned with the thorns. Hashem jumped to take out these three roses and save them. So before Hashem burned all the thorn bush, he saved three roses. He brings a parable in the Medrash. A king came to a city and the people wanted to make him a crown of gold with the diamonds. So they came and they said, the king is not interested in roses, in gold. The king, yes, you have this beautiful crown. Do you have any roses? The king's more interested in roses. They said, you want roses? Very happy. Plenty of roses we got. So the same thing is, Kairach and his people say, they think Hashem wants, Hashem wants these fire pans of gold with which they brought the Ketairis. Hashem says, I don't need your gold. I have plenty of silver, plenty of gold. Even the Ketairis, the Ketairis that these 250 people are making the spices. They burned for Hashem, Kairach's gang. It's disgusting. What am I looking for? I'm looking for shoishanim. I'm looking for roses. What is roses? Roses are those that grow amongst thorns. And despite that they are growing amongst thorns, they still have a beautiful smell. Which just to mention, as we said this week, is Gimel Tammuz. One of the things that the Rebbe very much wanted is that we should go to places where there are thorns and find and select the roses from amongst the thorns that we should go to all sorts of places and find in those places, these Yidden who are in Fagayish to places, but yet they are Yidden, they are roses amongst the thorns. So the Bnei Kairach say, Onu Shreishanim, we are roses. Yes, we're in, with a bunch of thorns. You won. Yes, we are going to save you because yes, you're amongst the thorns, but you are roses. And that's what it says. Now, 
there are different chapters of Tilim who have different ways of starting. Some have the word Nitsua, Lamanatseya. Some have masculine, like masculine David. Some have Shir, Mizmer Shir. Here you have all three in the same chapter. Why? There are the three sons of Kaira who dedicated themselves to sing Tashem. And that's why we have the three expressions in this chapter of Tehillim. In the very, if we go back to the very first Pasuk, it says, that's one, for the roses of Bnei Kaira. Then we say maskil, and then we speak about shir, and then we speak about yedidus, the good friends, which we're going to come to soon. So again, we have three expressions here about song. So we go back to where we were up to. And because there are three, that's why we have all three of them are my friends. Hashem says, they are my good friends, these three sons of Kaira. You guys think they're thorns, but they're really my close friends. How do we know this? The sons of Kaira sing, and their songs are written in Tehillim, and Meishe Rabbeinu, and all of the leaders of Jewry come to listen to the songs of the sons of Kaira. How do we know that Meishe and all the great people come to listen to their song? It says, It says, The sons of Kaira, they sing for Hashem's closest friends, the greatest tzaddikim, who are Hashem's closest friends, they study and they benefit from the sons of Kaira. And that's why it says, Shir Yedidus. This is a special song for Hashem's friends. The sons of Kaira, these Bali Tshuva, they teach Meish Rabbeinu and all these Jewish leaders how to sing to Hashem. As it says, your children are Limudei Hashem. They are study of Hashem and they will teach you how to sing these sons of Kaira teach Meish and all Jewish leaders how to serve Hashem. This chapter of Tehillim, chapter 45, continues. My heart had something good. It's to tell you that the Bnei Kaira did not know which they couldn't verbalize their confession. They, it was in their mind, in their heart, but they couldn't verbalize it. Hashem accepted the tshuva and their thought, even though it wasn't verbalized. As there's a passage in Divrei Hayomim, Viato Shlemei Bini, my son Shlemei David says, Das Elikeyavicha, no Hashem, Vavdeu Belev of Shalim, serve Hashem with a complete heart. Even if you can't verbalize it, but if your thoughts are pure, it's a tremendous thing. And the sons of Kaira, they couldn't verbalize their children, but their thoughts were pure. And all, it doesn't say, Vichol Machshaves, it doesn't say, Vichol Yetzer, Machmad Vichol Yetzer. Before a person, the thought even develops in his mind, Hashem understands it. The Bnei Kairach were not able to verbalize their song. Their tshuva was their heart had tshuva. It was in their mind that Hashem accepted the tshuva which was never verbalized. Why couldn't the How hard was it to say tshuva with their mouth? The answer is it was very hard. The Bnei Kairach, this was their teshuvah was at the moment 
The ground opened up, the fire was burning, fire was consuming their colleagues, colleagues were being swallowed in the ground. They're frightened stiff. They couldn't verbalize it. Sha'il paschamitahtayim. The Sha'il, the grave was open underneath them. All their bodies were being swallowed in the ground. There was fire burning all around them. All their colleagues were being burned, were being swallowed. As it says, a fire came out of Hashem. The earth opened up. And swallowed and fire consumed their congregation. So they they were silenced. They were had these thoughts of Teshuvah, they couldn't verbalize they saw the grave open, the earth open on one side. They saw fire on the other side. They couldn't verbalize their tshuva, but in their heart was full of tshuva. And that's why it said, Now there were three of them. Why does it teach us three? They all three had similar thoughts. All three of them were equally committed in their thoughts, in their mind, Tashem. And that's what it says in the Tehillim. All my actions are connected, connected to the king. Now it says, I say, if it's Rachash, if they only think, why does it say Omar? And if it's Omar, why does it say Rachash? They said as follows, If in our heart we only thought it, when we first did Teshuvah, we couldn't verbalize it. We only thought it. However, we our actions, it counts like action for Hashem. It was only thoughts of the heart that I'm going to do the right thing. And yet Hashem accepted it as action. Dovorach, or another explanation. Rachash libi shenisnabu lovi. The Bnei Kairach were given prophecy and they prophesied what is going to happen in the future? As by Hannah it says, Hashem Mamis Makaya. Hannah has a prophecy about Triasamesim. Hashem causes people to die and brings them to life. Which coming to the Shira to Hannah, Hannah, who was the wife of Elkanah, one of the descendants of Kairah, and we have her amazing prophecy about her amazing descendants. You have Shira's Hannah, but Hannah Davin, and she says, My heart rejoices with Hashem because I'm rejoicing with Hashem's salvation. And there's a Yonason ben Uziel, the famous commentary of Yonason ben Uziel, who when Yonason ben Uziel wrote this commentary, there was an earthquake in the whole land of Israel, 1,600 kilometers by 1,600 kilometers, because of the great secrets hidden in the translations of Yonason ben Uziel. So the Yonason ben Uziel says, V'tzaliyas chano beruach nevua, chano, who's the the wife of Elkanah, the mother of Shmuel Hanavi, who her husband and son are descendants of Kaira. She davened with prophecy and she said, my son Shmuel will be a Novi of the Jewish people. In his day, in his day, the Jews will be saved from the Pushtim. Through him, great miracles will happen. And I rejoice with the chaylek Hashem gave me. And then we have that Hanah says, I see that my grandson, Haman Bar Yoyal, Haman Bar Yoyal was the head of the singing of the Levim, he and his 14 sons. Bar Bar Shmuel, the son of my grandson Shmuel, of my son, the 
grandson of my son Shmuel, he will get up with his 14 sons. They will say the Shida, they will be in charge. My descendants, Hannah says about her descendants, the 14 sons of Haman Bar Yoyo will be involved in the singing in the bass. Hamikdash, the music through the Nevalim, the musical instruments, the harps, the flutes, together with their brothers, the Levim, the Shavacha, the bass to praise in the bass Hamikdash. And therefore, I am so rejoicing over the gifts Hashem gave me. And then she goes on to say about what is going to happen with the Plishtim, that the Plishtim will have taken the Orin and they'll bring back the Orin in a new wagon together with great gifts. And this was all achieved by her son. And she says that she will praise Hashem over uh, her the salvation. Now, still on the issue of Kairach's sons, there is an amazing Gemara in Kiddushin as well as a Taisvis about some of Kairach's sons who are very concerned what's going to happen to our father and grandfather Kairach. There is a Gemara in Kiddushin, a fascinating Gemara. Rabbi Avu says, my son Avimi fulfilled the mitzvah of Kibodav. Avimi had five sons that had smicha. And yet, when his father, Rabbi Avu, came and knocked at the door, he would go and he would open it and he would say, yes, yes, I'm coming. One time, his father, Avimi, went to, his father came and he said, Ashken Maya, give me some water to drink. So Avimi went to bring a cup of water for his father. And his father, before he has the water, he fell asleep. So Avimi says, my father asked me for a cup of water. I cannot move from here till I gave the cup of water to my father. And he waited and stopped everything and sat there like a glump with the water. He stayed there till he woke up. Hashem helped. And Avimi gave a drasha on Mizmer Lossof. There's an amazing Taisvis, which we're soon going to connect this to Kairach's family. Taisvis brings us Taya Milsa that as Avimi was bent over, he understood the idea. It says in Tehillim, I in test 79, Asaf sings that the nations have come in your inheritance. What, what did, something that Asaf now understood, something that he didn't understand earlier. And it goes on in Rashi. Some say that it was only this Pasuk that Asaf explains. Asaf explains, it says, Mizmer Asaf. Why are you singing about the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash? Kino Asaf Bibayli should be crying. So Asaf is saying, he's singing, that Hashem put his anger on the trees and on the stones in the Beis HaMikdash. Instead of it was the Jewish people sinned. And instead Hashem punished the stones and the wood of the Beis HaMikdash. And because of this, the Jewish people survived. Otherwise, there would have been no survivors amongst the Jews. And that's the Pasakila Hashem is Hamasai by Yatsis Aspin. Hashem had his anger going on seeing. Now the main that's all from Rashi. Then Taisus brings a Medrash. Asaf, who is a descendant of Kairach, and he says, Shira, he is thanking Hashem, Al Shetovu The gates of the base Hamikdash sunk into the ground. And Asaf is so excited that the gates of the base Hamikdash were swallowed in the ground. And he brings a parable, Taisvus brings a parable, which Asaf rejoiced over. There's a parable of a maid who went to fetch water from the well, and her jug fell into the well, and she feels bad about it, until the king's maid comes to fetch 
with a golden vessel and the golden vessel fell into the same well. The first maid starts singing. She, when asked her, what are you singing about? He says, till now, I thought that my jug is finished. No one will ever take it out, my earthenware jug. But now that the king's maid lost the golden jug, whoever goes down into the well to get the golden jug will get my jug. Similarly, the B'nai Kairach who were swallowed, that whose father was swallowed, they saw, they were very worried. What's going to happen to our father and Zayda Kaira, who was swallowed in the ground? When they saw that Tovu Ba'aretz Shorel, they saw that the gates of the base Hamikdash were swallowed. They said Shira because they said, whoever will take out the gates of the base Hamikdash will take us out as well. And that's why it says Mizma Asaf, a song for Asaf, because Asaf is from the family of Kaira. Still about the amazing descendants, we spoke that one of the descendants is Elkanah, the father of Shmuel Hanavi, and there's an amazing medrash in Tanah Elkanah would go to Shilai four times a year. There are three times Shilai at that time. Now we have the base, we have the Yerushalayim, we have the base Amikdash. But before the days of Yerushalayim, there was a Mishkan in Shilai, which was there for 369 years. And Elkanah would go four times a year to Shilai. Three times a year is a tight obligation of Sholei Shregolim to go to the base Hamikdash on Pesach, Shavuos and Sukkot, and one that he accepted on himself as an adov, as a donation. As it says that that man, he went up every year. Elkanah went up with his wife and his sons and his daughters and his brothers and his relatives. And as they were going, they got these people to go with him and they were And they were saying, learn from the Canaanim, from the idol worshipers, that even though their worship is nothing, you have to still, they make such great celebrations. You have to celebrate for the Arim, for Hashem. And they say, come in with us to Shilai and celebrate for Hashem. Anyway, so as O'Connor would go, he, would, his, he and his group would lodge in the Chayva Shalir, in the main street. They would sleep on Hotham Street, on Carlisle Street, on Inkerman Street, in the main street of the Jewish neighborhood. And they would sleep men separately and women separately. So that men would speak to men and women with women and children with children. And the whole town was talking. You got a whole group of people sleeping on Hotham Street. What do they ask? And they would ask, where are you going? And they said, we're going to the Beis Hamikdash in Chile, which is the center of tight and good deeds. Why don't you come with us? And the other people started crying and they would join them. So every year, the first year, Elkanah had five families. The next year, he had 10 families till he had 60 families. And every year, he went with different ways and slept in the street in different cities until he got all the Jewish people to go to Shilai on a voluntary visit. And Elkanah changed, was Machria Kol Yisrael He got all the Yidden to be involved in meritorious things. And many people merited because of Elkanah. And again, Elkanah is one of the righteous descendants of Kairach, the father of Shmuel Hanavi, who got through his trips to Shilai, where he sleeps in the main street of the city with his friends and family, men separate and women separate and celebrating. They would change the whole face of the Jewish people. Now, about Shmuel Hanavi, who's probably the most distinguished of all Kairach's descendants, we have a Medrash Meis that says that 
They're equal. As we say every Friday night, and Shmuel calls Hashem's name. So we compare Meisha to Shmuel. Come and see the difference between Meisha and Shmuel. And here the Medrash points out, in some ways Shmuel is greater than Meisha. Meisha would go to Hashem to hear what Hashem say. But by Shmuel, Hashem would come to Shmuel. Wherever Shmuel was, by Yahweh Hashem, by Yisyatsu. And Hashem says, why am I doing this? It's the right thing to do. Meisha would sit and judge people, whoever wanted judgment would come to Meisha. So Hashem says, Meisha, you say people have to come to you for judgment, so you come to me to hear what Hashem said. Shmuel would trouble himself and travel through city to city and judge Jewish people so the Jews didn't have to travel to him. As it says, every year he traveled through the whole Israel, judging in every single city. So Hashem said, Meisha, you stayed in one place to judge the Yidin. So you come to my place, to the Ayol Mayim, to hear what Hashem said. But Shmuel, who spent his own money and traveled through all the cities, never took a cent from anybody, and he judged them. I am going to go to wherever he is and speak to him. As it says, The judgment of Hashem is all measured. Now, before we end, I want to, until now we were speaking about the amazing descendants of Kaira. Now, Superficially, you read any Mefarshim, Midrashim, you will see Kairach seems to be quite a rotten person. He had this friction, and that's why he and all these people died, and all the plagues, and how many people died because of the friction of Kairach. There was a Magaifa, 14,700 people. Anyway, in Sefer Asichas Tafshin Memches, which is 5748, um, 1988, the Rebbe finds six amazing positive aspects of Kaira, all based on a Rashi. The Rebbe starts that Sikha Vayikach Kaira. Rashi says, Parsha Zu Yofa Nidreshes Medrish Rabbi Tanchuma. In Medrish, literally, it means you look in Medrish Tanchuma, you'll find beautiful explanations on Parsha's Kaira, which is true. The Rebbe says, Rabbi Tanchuma is from the word Nechoma, like to be Menachem Ovo. To find the, the find the positive in each thing. Rabbi Tanchuma finds the Nechama, the Toiv in Kairach. And he says, not only Toiv, but it's beautiful. You can look in the story of Kairach, says Rabbi Tanchuma, and find the positive side of Kairach. Which again, this is connected to all these righteous descendants because Kairach had so many positive things. Yes, Kairach caused trouble. Yes, Kairach caused people to sin, but look at the positive things he did. He says here, Vayikach Kairach, Rashi says, Kairach took himself on the side to separate from the people to protest on the Kahuna. It says, he separated from everybody else. So, the Rebbe brings on this, he took, he took his essence to the side of Echad. That Kairach took his essence, Kairach takes his essence to be connected with the oneness of Hashem. 
And then it says, that he wants to be higher than the rest of the people. The rest of the people are into materialism, but he is totally going to be into spiritual things. And then Uncle says, which Rashi brings a possible that he should be incomparably higher, to be much higher than other people. Kairach wants that people should be totally into Ruchnis, much higher than the average person. Also, he goes on to say, if we go in that Rashi, that he, everybody should be like a Kayin Godel. He wants them to be Kaidish Kadoshim, like a Kayin Godel. In the second explanation of Rashi, Rashi says, he took people with words and he quotes two psukim, Kaches Aroin and Chui Mochem Devarim. Now, these Kaches Chui Mochem Devarim is from the Aftar of Shabbos Shuba, which means to motivate Shuba. So Kairach is saying, to motivate people to do teshuva. Kairach is pushing a spiritual agenda of teshuva. Then we have the next rash, which is quite amazing, that Rebbe's approach to find Kairach, which in a simple story, is full of sin, and that Rebbe finds positive in every word in the Rashi about Kairach. Then he says about how Yaakov doesn't want to be involved in the negative Kairach, but he wants to be involved when the descendants of Kairach, Haman HaMashayr, will be singing in the Beis HaMikdash. And over there it says, Ben Kairach, Ben Yitzhar, Ben Kos, Ben Levi, Ben Yisrael. So Rashi mentions how Yaakov doesn't want to be associated with the negative, but Yaakov says, don't disassociate from Kairach. Focus on the positive in Kairach. Focus on Kairach's descendants who are singing in the Beis HaMikdash. And don't connect it to the same name Yaakov, connected to the same name Yisrael. Rashi then mentions that Kairach dressed his 250 people with talesim that are totally tchelas, which the Gemara Menachi says that tchelas is doimel l'rakiyah, rakiyah doimel l'kisei so that everybody should be the tchelas symbolizes to be totally focused on spiritual things. Kairach claims, every Jew is holy. Every Jew heard on Eichi Hashem and the truth is every Jew is supposed to be a, a Kayin. Every Jew is supposed to be holy. So that doesn't take away from the negative things Kairach did. But the Rebbe wants that we should focus on the positive of Kairach. And the Hayra, and the Rebbe ends over here, this Sikha. What is the message that the Rebbe wants us to take out of Kairach? We have to focus on the positive aspects of Kairach. Amazing that Eber's approach, so different to all the other Svarim. Focus on the positive side of the Kairach. That he wants to have the holiness of the Kairach. The fact that Kairach wants that he and every Jew should be holy is a wonderful thing. However, the Aveda has to be the Aveda, we need the letter hey, the problem of Kairach. It's spelled which Eat together with the Ratzin and Shukr to go up, you have to know that Hashem wants Dira Betachainim. Hashem wants Hamaisu Oikr. So Kairach missed out on the Hamaisu Oikr. But the idea that Kairach wants every single person's holiness is a tremendous thing. It's an amazing thing that, that, that Gimel Tammuz is specifically always by Parshas Kairach. 
And the Rebbe has, you look through Chumash, it seems that Kairach is the most negative person in the whole Chumash. A Jew who should dedicate himself to friction, cause so much trouble, cause so many Jews to perish. And yet the Rebbe's approach is that even in such a Jew, you have to find the positive in this Jew, which brings out the most amazing descendants. And the Rebbe generally wants that we should find the positive in every person, in every situation. Just before I end, just to quote one of my favorite letters from the Rebbe, which is found in the Sikhs of Tafshin Test, where he said, in the letters of Tafshin Test, where the Rebbe says, uh, evil you should find only in yourself. In the other person, you have to see only good. And the Rebbe wants that we should find good in every person, in every situation, see what we can learn from every person. And through this focus on positive, we'll bring Bias HaMashiach Okay, I'll open now for questions, comments.